0: Side of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award winning podcast, Parareality. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Well, it's the middle of September. Fall's creeping in, and that means it's time for everyone's favorite time of the year, spooky season. Yep, Halloween's just a mere six weeks away, and that means that all of us Halloweenies, as they call us, are putting up our Halloween decorations, we're planning our Halloween parties, and we're picking out what horror movies we're going to be binging on this year. It also means that it's time for the annual haunted house attractions to open their doors to the public. After being closed for a year and depriving all of us Halloweenies, our scare, share of being scared, it's finally time for us to get our yearly dose of medication. And with this in mind, I've decided that I'm starting my annual Halloween episodes early this year. That means that instead of waiting until October to begin, that I'll be opening the scary season Tonight on this episode of Parareality And speaking of haunted houses, that's the subject of tonight's episode of Parareality. And no, I'm not talking about the haunted houses of the entertainment variety. I'm talking about real-life genuinely haunted houses. What if you think that you live in one but you're not sure? What if you're thinking about buying one, but you're hesitant? Well, then, you're listening to the right podcast because tonight I'll be giving you pointers on how you can find out if the home you're living in is haunted, along with some tips about buying a haunted house. And to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we begin, it's time for fan mail, one of my favorite segments of the podcast. Now this comes from uh, someone who did not give their name. I just have the email address, and you know I don't give out email addresses on the air because I believe that uh, you know people should remain anonymous as far as their their contact information and stuff like that goes. Unless they, of course, they give me permission to do do so, and and I did not get permission from this person, so this person shall remain anonymous. And uh, this is what it says. I saw the article and video that you posted on Twitter recently about the guy who says he was raped by a female Bigfoot. This looks like total bullshit to me. Why would you post something like that? Do you think this guy is for real? This is not how you want to be a legitimate podcast. Please explain yourself. Well, Mr. or Miss. Anonymous person, thanks for your email and for listening to the podcast. And to answer your question, no, I do not think this guy is for real. I only posted that video for entertainment purposes only. Now, what you failed to mention in your email is that in my Twitter post, I stated and I quote my own self. This is exactly what I wrote in my Twitter post quote, New York man makes preposterous assault claim. As if such a claim wasn't silly enough, the victim went ahead and posted the video of him recounting the incident on YouTube, which is five minutes and 27 seconds of unmitigated hilarity, end quote. Now that should have clued you in to the fact that I didn't take his claim seriously. Like I said, that was for entertainment purposes only, and i did not think that anyone would would actually think that I was thinking this guy was legitimate. Now the video that uh, this emailer is referring to was posted on YouTube by a man named Peter Kane, and his account is called Peter Kane Dog Training. This guy's been posting videos about cryptids for years, and if you believe his claims, he's a dog trainer and some kind of former Hollywood stuntman or something like that. Now his videos are. are they're actually pretty hilarious. And the thing is that I can't quite figure out if this guy's serious and actually wants us to believe all of his claims or if he's like a super genius and he's just making these videos for entertainment purposes only. Now, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money down on the ladder. I I really don't think this guy is um, wanting us to think he's real, but it you know he he's he's a pretty good damn actor, and he could just be crazy. You know it's 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 a little hard to tell. Uh, and just in case you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I'm going to play the audio of this. It's uh, well it's around five minutes and uh, twenty-seven seconds. It's pretty long, but it is funny as hell.
1: This is where it happened back here in this dry creek bed. I was back here looking I thought one of my dogs was back here and I, I was like how how'd the dog get out of the yard I saw a bunch of you know movement and, I, and then I got back and well maybe it's a deer and then I was, I was worried about my dogs because there's a lot of bigfoot and Sasquatch in this area I, I didn't have a gun with me and so I, I got back here and that's when I saw the female Sasquatch she tore out of the bushes Knocked me down on the ground and I, I thought she was gonna kill me, you know I'm like I'm like grabbing for a gun and then I realized I didn't bring a gun with me. I Didn't have a dog with me. I was back here by myself. I was terrified I, I, I was actually, I was so terrified It was so scary and I wouldn't be back here right now except I I feel the need to like get over my fear and, and what she happened and What happened around. was as soon as I was knocked down on the ground, she starts ripping my clothes off me. She did, she pulled my pants off me and I'm like, oh great, what, what she's going to kill me, they're going to find my naked body here. It's worse, it's worse. As soon as she got my pants off me, she started like jerking the ween. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that's not going to work. You know, what are you doing? And then the next thing I know, Keep in mind, this is a big Sasquatch, like a comparable to like a big hairy Russian Russian woman. I mean, she was big, she was like, you know, seven and a half, eight feet tall and hairy. And so I'm down there on the ground, I'm completely naked, my clothes have been ripped off me, and she starts giving me a knobber. It It was all just biological. I didn't have any choice, and the next thing you know, You know, I blew my load. I blew my load in the Sasquatch. As soon as I did that, she got up and she ripped down, she like let out this hell and then ripped down this tree. And I thought, my God, she's going to like take the tree and take me and take it and smash me. Right. still
0: waving a gun around.
1: No, it didn't end. It didn't end. And then she starts blowing me again. She starts blowing me again. And I'm like, you know, could you give me five minutes? She didn't even give me five minutes. She started blowing me again. The next thing you know, I bust a nut again, again. And then she stands up and does one of these like, mm, like, mm, isn't that good? I, su- I swear to God, I swear to God. <laughs> then she hightails it into the woods this way. Now, I didn't know what to do at this point. I'm like, what do I do? I've been raped by a Bigfoot. Do I call the police? What do I do? I I still don't know what to do. I mean, she could, she could be pregnant with my child. Oh I'll tell you one thing, I don't go in the woods anymore unless I have a weapon with me. I'll get over this. I think I should probably talk to somebody, maybe a, a counselor or something. Uh, I've never been raped before this. And listen, if it was a female human, yeah, let's do it. But this this was like a creature. It was like a monster. There's a fucking monster. I was raped on a fucking dry creek bed. There's poison ivy all over here. I'm gonna have poison ivy probably on my ween. <laughs> sucks. It sucks, man. I, fe- I, fe- I felt like I couldn't get fucking clean. I got home and I started taking a bath and I just I just fucking feel like I can't get fucking clean been a horrible experience and nobody nobody'll believe me. If I call the police they're gonna tell me I'm fucking making it up. It's fucking horrible. That that's the, the tree it's that she knocked that down, down after <laughs> the first time after I busted my load into her. She's probably pregnant with my fucking hybrid baby. That's that's my guess. This is poison sumac and this is all in the in the dried up creek bed. It's everywhere. I'm sure I'm gonna have poison sumac on my scrotum, on the shaft. Don't eat poison sumac. So if she was just eating poison sumac before she gave me the knobber, she'd have that shit on her fucking lips and shit. My ween's gonna be breaking out and it ain't gonna be with the herb. You know what I'm saying? This sucks. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'll never go back down there alone without a dog or, or a gun. I don't like being treated like a piece of meat like that. Man handled by some big hairy female. That that was one of the worst. That was the worst. Seriously, that was the worst. I can't even believe I blew my load. It was it was difficult, but I figured, you know, she was she was making an effort. I figured at some point I should too.
0: <laughs> so I guess I should have warned you before. <laughs> that audio, that is definitely not safe for work or safe for children. My bad on that. (laughs) Uh, So how can you listen to that and actually think that this guy's serious? Right. And I don't know, how can you, how can you write an email to me and say, Hey, you can't, you, you know, how, how can you put that on your, on your Twitter post and think that it's, that it's real. Explain yourself. So yeah, it's just, it was, it was funny as hell. And, and I, there's no way that I couldn't post that on my social media feed. So whoever you are, Mr. Or Miss Anonymous person, thanks for the email and no, I was not thinking that this was anything at all serious. And if you had, if you had been paying attention, I think you would know that there was no way that, that, that anybody's going to take this thing seriously. <laughs> all right. Now that I've answered that, take a listen to this. Aero Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange podcast network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to StraightUpStrange.com and get strange. Hey. How would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Reality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories. UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Living in a haunted house can be a very scary thing, especially for children. Children don't always understand what's happening to them, and that makes the unknown extra scary. Despite that fact, children usually have the least difficulty in accepting the paranormal as, well, paranormal, as normal. Maybe that's because their minds are still young, fresh, and open to having new experiences as they try to learn all they can about the world around them. It seems that isn't all that in common to have a haunted home these days, as the number of people who report some sort of haunting experiences in the place that they live is growing by leaps and bounds. I think that's because technology has allowed us to share our life's experiences literally as they happen. And the world isn't short on people who are trying to capture their 15 minutes of fame either. Thanks to YouTube and Facebook and television shows like Paranormal Caught on Camera, everyone can now share their experiences with the entire world. So, what if you think that the home you're living in is haunted but you're not sure or what if you're in the market for a new home and the one you want to buy is rumored to be haunted what do you do how do you find out if your home is haunted well here are five ways that you can tell if your home is haunted along with three reasons why you should go ahead and purchase that supposedly haunted house so let's start with the latter let's start with why You should go ahead and purchase that dream home of yours that is rumored to be haunted, aside from the fact that it seems like, well, fun. All right, reasons to purchase your home. Number one, you'll probably save money. If a house is considered haunted, it's also considered stigmatized in the real estate industry, which means you likely won't have to pay top dollar for it. Unnatural deaths and alleged hauntings typically drop a home's price by about 20%. And that's according to Home Buying Advice, uh, Real Estate Witch. Yes, there is a website, Real Estate Witch, that talks about these things. Number two, new friends literally lurk around every corner. Just think about it. With unearthly roommates around, you never have to be alone, and you might even enjoy having them there. Most places have fairly benign spirit activity, and some people can even develop friendships with their household spirits. So think of it this way. When looking for a new place to live, many of us have had the experience of walking into a place and immediately feeling a sense of coming home. But what if that feeling was particularly due to a spirit that resides there? What if they were waiting for someone like us? I know when my uh, wife and I walked into the home that we currently live in, we have been searching for homes for probably about uh, three or four months. And uh, we both walked into this home and immediately knew, Right then, this was the one that we were going to buy. Now, there's no, um, no one's died in this home. We bought it brand new. It wasn't even, they hadn't even finished building it yet when we looked at it. So there's, you know, no deaths in this house or anything like that. And I'm not saying that my home is haunted. But I'm saying I know what it's like to walk into a home and have that feeling that this is it. This is home. But like I said, what if that feeling was partially due to some sort of spirit that resides there? What if they were just waiting for someone like us and they could tell that we were the ones that they wanted to be there? It's a possibility. And finally, number three, it makes for interesting research. If you love history and research projects, a haunted house is perfect for you, assuming You want to know what's behind or who's behind the haunting. It's like a puzzle, trying to fit together the pieces of the mystery that happened at your home. You can talk to the neighbors who might be able to tell you about the previous residents. You can call the local police department about any past incidents at the home, or you can visit your local library or, or city archives for any historical information or newspaper articles. Plus, what better way to get to know your new neighbors and community than by talking with everyone and going through local history? So with those three reasons to purchase the home, let me talk about, let me give you one reason not to purchase the home. In certain situations, buying a haunted house may not be the best idea for you, If walking into a space causes too much emotion to well up and it doesn't go away as you look through the house, it might get tiring to live there. If it's a house where owners never stay long, there might be toxic energy that might benefit from a visit with a medium. It can be difficult for sensitive people to distinguish one's own thoughts and emotions from those of a resident spirit. Children and teenagers in particular can be very sensitive to spirit activity. I wouldn't advise that people with younger kids purchase a haunted house if they can help it. Now that I've given you some reasons to purchase a haunted home and one reason not to, let's talk about the home that you're already living in. What if you suspect that it's haunted, but you're really not sure. What do you do? How can you tell? Well, here are five ways to tell if you're living in a haunted home. Number one, feeling changes in temperature or cold spots. Now, along with these, I'm going to give you, along with these five ways to tell if you're living in a haunted home, I'm going to give you. Paranormal explanations along with other explanations of what could be going on. So, number one, feeling changes in temperature or cold spots. The paranormal explanation. Well, the theory is that spirits can change ambient temperature. When we feel cold spots, it could indicate some type of paranormal activity. The idea behind why cold spots happen is that the spirit is needing some kind of energy source to manifest itself. So it's pulling the thermal energy out of the air causing the cold spot to happen. So some other non-paranormal explanations for what could be going on. Well, the cold the cold spot could be anything from a draft or an air conditioner blowing air through the vents of the home. Make sure that you search the room for vents that may be installed in unusual spots or hidden behind furniture. And check your window and doors for any drafts that may be blowing in, especially if it's an older home, may not have modern updated windows. There could be uh, leaks in the seal of the windows. There could be cracks, and that can allow a draft to come in. Now, there's also a theory, and I'm not really – I'm not a big proponent of this theory, but it is a theory that I'm going to to tell you about. There's a theory that humans can create a microclimate around them. Now, this is caused by body heat that's generated to keep us warm. And the theory goes like this. After sitting in a chair for a little while, the ability for your body to heat the air around you diminishes. And you'll start feeling colder because the microclimate around you has broken down and is making you feel chilled, I say BS on that. I don't believe that at all. But there, that is a a theory, although it's not one. I don't. I don't think that it's a, a very popular theory, but it's still there. So I w- thought I would at least bring it up, but I don't. I don't believe in it. Number two hearing strange noises. So the paranormal explanations for this, knocking or thumping noises, footsteps, or even voices are often believed to be a spirit trying to get your attention are the result of a residual haunting in which the spirit repeats an action from their day-to-day life over and over again. The energy that was in that room from whatever it was that person was doing over and over again, it left a residual energy behind and the spirit or the ghost will repeat that action. And all that is is a paranormal replay. It's like a tape. You're being rewound and playing that one scene over and over again. It's not an intelligent haunting It is a ghost, it is not a spirit, and you can't interact with this. Some other explanations are that thumping noises are often associated with plumbing, especially in older homes. They're most common in homes with radiant heat or loose plumbing that's not secured to the rafters. And whenever the radiator turns on or the hot water comes in through the pipes, these loose pipes can slam against the floor, causing thumping or knocking sounds. Now, as for voices and footsteps, what you need to do if you have an attic is check your attic space. Um, or, mo- I guess most houses do have attics. I mean, we're not big in attics down here in the south, but up north your houses have big, huge attics. Our attics here down south aren't that big. So anyway, as far as voices and footsteps are concerned, check your attic space or walls for kind of infestations that may cause rustling or shuffling and other animal noises that often sound human. Uh, Squirrels jumping around can sound like someone walking above you. Some rodents can also make noises that sound like children laughing or crying when heard through the floorboards. Now, we have squirrels around my house, and uh, we just recently got a metal roof installed over the summer. But before we had the metal roof, we had the regular asphalt shingles and uh, we have uh, trees all around our home and the squirrels used to like to climb up the trees and use the, the roof of our house as like a, a interstate. They go from one side of the house to the other from one tree to the other. And when you're upstairs and uh, you know you're watching TV or, or trying to do some work done in the office or something like that, you could hear the squirrels running across, the roof of the house, and it will freak you out because you can, you can hear it and it sounds really scary. And if you didn't know it was a squirrel, you would think, oh, shit, there's someone up in my attic or something running around up there. So it's uh, it's a very real, it's a very uh, creepy thing to experience, very creepy. Number three, smelling unexplainable scents. Sometimes unnatural smells like sulfur, tobacco, or perfume can be a sign of a spiritual presence. It's theorized that ghosts can give off scents from their former lives. The classic case is where the former resident smoked a pipe or a cigar And the theory is that the former resident smoked frequently in one particular area of the home, say the study, and the energy of him doing that over and over again over the years can actually be absorbed somehow by the home. And that energy can be released over time and you'll be able to smell the tobacco. Now, this is very rare But it does happen. There's been lots and lots of documented cases in famously haunted locations over the decades of uh, phantom smells is what they're called. So some other explanations for what could be causing this. Well, before diagnosing that this is a paranormal type odor, you need to first look for a source for the odor in the home. So one thing that you can do is to drop citrus rinds into your garbage disposal and check your trash for cigarette butts or or ash and check rooms for things like lit candles or spills of perfume or incense or essential oils. Uh, Consider any materials that are nearby too. Uh, One of the most common explanations for these phantom scents is that certain materials can absorb odors and release these odors from time to time. This is usually because of heat. You may notice a scent around a certain time of day. During that time of day, the sun shines into the room where it happens, heating the room and causing the fabric to release the scent. Possible explanation? Yes. Do I buy it? Um, Not necessarily. Uh, It's not like, um, you know, the dog peed on the floor or the cat peed on the floor and uh, you can't get the scent out of it. You know, if the cat or the dog pees on something, that's pretty much it, especially if it's a cat. You just throw that shit away. You know, it's not coming out. It is possible that someone could spill uh, some perfume or some essential oils or something like that onto the carpet or onto the fabric of the furniture. But eventually, that will go away. Explanation? Yes. Non paranormal? Yes. So, yeah. There you go. Number four, flickering lights. The theory is that a ghost presence can cause lights to flicker as well as other electronic glitches because it's believed the spirit is manipulating the lighting as a way to communicate or it's pulling energy from your devices so this thing, the spirit can manifest. So some non-paranormal explanations for this is that you may have a faulty electrical connection Do your own investigation by jiggling the switch to see if it's loose or checking the bulb to make sure it's screwed in all the way. Check the voltage of the appliances to make sure they're not too high. For the circuit that you're using, if none of these is the culprit, consider calling in a professional electrician to do an inspection. You'll also want to consider your windows in relation to their view of the street. It's possible that headlights from cars on the street at night can come into the house and bounce off any type of reflective surface and that light can also generate shadows that appear to be moving as the car itself outside moves. So think about that when you're seeing shadows or unexplained light figures during the evening time. Number five, objects are moving on their own. So the paranormal explanation is that in a haunted house, objects well they can move on their own, fly through the air, or go missing, possibly being hidden from you by the entity. Seeing something move by itself is kind of like the holy grail for paranormal investigators, besides from seeing full apparitions, of course. The object they're moving could be something they're interested in, It could be something that had meaning to them or something they don't like and want to get rid of, or they could just be trying to mess with you, period. Now, for kids, it could be that they just want to play. If this entity or spirit is a child or childlike in nature, it could be that it just simply wants to play. Now, we don't know how they're able to move these objects, But the idea that I would subscribe to is some sort of transference of energy. This type of haunting could be considered to be a poltergeist. And that's a type of ghost or energy that's responsible for physical disturbances. Poltergeist is German for noisy ghosts because they usually cause a lot of disturbance. Throwing stuff around, making a lot of noises. That's the term noisy ghost. They can move objects by using water currents, electrical currents, or their own energy. Some other possible non paranormal explanations. There's one of the most common ones uh, for moved or missing objects is that people just forget where they put their stuff. And you can also be the victim of, like, a joke, a trickster, and where a, a person finds out that you think that your home is haunted and then they just move objects around when you're not looking just to play a joke on, just to further convince you. Or maybe they're trying to make you think that your home is haunted in the first place. Maybe you don't think so. Maybe you have no reason to think so, and they're just trying to play a trick on you, so they decide, oh, I'm going to start moving this stuff around and freak this person out. That's probably one of the most common things, uh, besides you, you just forget where you put your stuff. Now, an even less sinister explanation is that You know, the wind currents in your home move stuff around. If you notice an object moving, see if there's any windows or doors open, check for drafts and consider any areas where there could be a cross breeze, see if it's close to the air conditioning or heating unit, if that unit is on or not, stuff like that. So those are some possible non-paranormal explanations. So those are my five reasons or five ways that you can know if your home is haunted or not. So, okay, let's just say that you thought that your home was haunted. You went through these five reasons, this checklist that I just gave you, and so you have determined that now your house is haunted. So now what? Well, let's say you've ruled out any other possible explanation for the paranormal activity in your house and you've decided, yes, my home's haunted. Now what are you going to do? All right, well, do research on your home's history. Some of the most famous haunted houses in America have even scarier histories than what's going on in them right now. If you're curious about events that could have led to the haunting, consider researching your home's past. Now there there are several ways that you can get more information, and here they are. You can start by asking your real estate agent, reviewing the title and checking out the home's listing on the Multiple Listing Service, or MLS. If you don't know if you've ever looked for a home and you saw the little, the little thing out behind it that says MLS, that's what it stands for. It's Multiple Listing Service. Another thing you can do is search property records through your city or county's public records system, or. You can Google your home's address and any known names of the previous owners for any newspaper articles or obituaries. Something else you can do is ask your neighbors about their experience with the previous owners and if they know any stories about the home. And finally, Review census records to learn more about the home's previous owners. Now, all these things are pretty easy to do. The census records thing, you just have to look that stuff up on the Internet on how you can go about doing that. Um, probably the, the I think the most difficult thing to do would be to search property records through the city or the county's public record system because a lot of people don't even know where to go that. Just go to the city hall or the, the county seat and just, just ask where, where do you keep the public records about, uh, about homes and uh, tell, them, tell them you want to research the history of your home or the history of your property. It's, uh, it's really not all that difficult to do, um, but that's probably the most complicated out of all of those that I just gave you, I think. Something else that you can do is you can record any paranormal activity that's happening in a journal. I recommend keeping a journal of the things you're experiencing. So when you're keeping a record, make sure you include as much information as you possibly can. Write down what happened, what time it was, the date, the day, what the weather was like, and who else was there. I recommend doing this for a minimum of two weeks. This will give you enough time to see if there's some sort of pattern that emerges Now, if there's a pattern, there's most likely a more reasonable explanation for the activity you're experiencing. Not that it's 100% set in stone, but patterns usually, if there's a recurring pattern, if it happens at the same time every day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, let's say, and it lasts for 25 seconds or whatever, and it's the same thing, there's probably a more reasonable explanation than paranormal activity going on there. And even if the journal doesn't help you narrow down what's happening, these notes can be extremely helpful for any paranormal investigators if you do decide to hire a paranormal investigator. And that segues into the very next thing, which is hiring a paranormal investigator. Now, if you've tried things on your own and nothing else helps, calling in a paranormal investigator would be, kind of like your last resort. Paranormal investigators can sometimes figure out who or what is doing the haunting, but mostly they help the homeowner understand what's happening. Paranormal investigators often bring an unbiased view to the situation and know the various causes, both natural and supernatural, to test. Investigators also use equipment that may be difficult or expensive for homeowners to purchase. A lot of the equipment they use are things like standard video cameras and high-quality audio recorders. They also have equipment that records variables like temperature, humidity, vibration, and radiation for the entire investigation. While these groups can help you understand more about what's going on in your home, you'll want to be careful about who you hire. Go with a reputable group who have references and at least two years of experience. Ask about other cases they've done and make sure they don't charge you. No group should charge for what they do. If they're charging you, don't go with these people. Also, ask them for references. Don't simply go with the references they give on their website. A lot of them will have, you know, like uh, little blurbs of, from clients like, you know, this was the best paranormal investigative group I've ever worked with or blah, 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 blah. They said that my house was haunted by a demon and did a, an exorcism or whatever. You know, don't just go by what they give on their websites. However, you need to keep in mind that most people who hire paranormal investigators to, to investigate their homes, well, they, they want to remain anonymous. So while you can ask them for references, actually being able to get them might be a different story. But you should at least try. And speaking of websites, be sure to make note of what the group's website looks like The more professional the website, the more professional the group. If they make claims on their website that seem too good to be true, then they probably are. Braggadocious websites are not only unprofessional, in my opinion, but the claims made on them are usually exaggerated. And don't go with a group who uses the phrase, Ghost hunters or ghost busters in their title are in the explanation of what they do. The more professional groups use the term or phrase paranormal investigator or paranormal investigation. And finally, it's perfectly okay to deal with an individual paranormal investigator rather than a group. Not all paranormal investigators belong to a group, and not everyone wants an entire group of people going through their home anyway. For my own personal beliefs, I think that smaller is better. And if you do decide to use what I call an independent paranormal investigator, the same rules apply to the individual that applies to all the groups whenever you're choosing one. So everything that I just said applies to the individual as well. Now, here are some don'ts. Don't provoke the spirits. Provoking spirits is one thing you should never do. There are a few theories out there that claim Ouija boards, seances, and spirit boxes are ways to communicate with the other side. Now, I wouldn't recommend trying these on your own or especially by yourself At the end of the day, we really don't know what we're dealing with as far as hauntings go. And doing these things by yourself, especially when you don't know what you're doing, is bad. Don't do it. Another thing you shouldn't do is don't immediately move. While selling your home is an option, it's often an extreme and one that may be completely unnecessary. As you can see, there are several non-paranormal reasons you're having certain experiences in your home. And before putting up the for sale sign, try to rule out all of the other possibilities. Even if you prove your home is haunted, there are a few other important truths to remember. Even if your home is haunted, 99.9% of the time you don't have to do anything. Most energies that I've encountered haven't been negative, and people can coexist with spirits without any issues at all. Humans are stronger than any spirits, so live your life and enjoy your home. So what if you're thinking about buying a home that might be haunted? Well, if you're considering buying a haunted house that's for sale, you shouldn't shy away from it just because it's haunted. The previous owners probably just didn't find explanations for their experiences. Home buyers could actually use the haunting to their advantage. And anyway, if the haunting is disclosed, see if you can purchase the home for a cheaper price. As far as debunking the claims, one important step in the home buying process, the inspection, could help with that. Now, home inspection will cover things like plumbing, and electrical issues that could explain some of the things that are going on. I also recommend having pest control go through the location to rule out if any kind of infestation or other pest problems exist. If you do notice a haunting listed in the disclosures, ask your real estate agent if the sellers can give more details about what they've experienced while living there. You may find it to be insignificant or find that it points to a larger problem with the home. So in conclusion here, the best way to deal with a haunting is to make a firm statement. Talk to the entity in your home and let it know what your intentions are. Generally, most people who come to find out that their home is haunted can live peacefully with whatever spirits are there. If it's something that really genuinely bothers you, say something as simple as, You need to leave to back up your statement. Make it in the name of whatever it is you believe in most strongly. For some people, it's Christianity. For others, it's their own power inside themselves. Putting that extra energy into your statement makes it more effective. If you try to use something like sage to cleanse your home, just be really cautious and use it the right way. Sage is a great tool But I think that it's probably a little overrated because it's harsh. It's so cleansing that it almost creates kind of like a vacuum. It's like dusting your whole house and then leaving your doors and windows open in a sandstorm. If you're going to do sage and clear your house, then come in with something holy or something magical so you fill it back up with your intent. So the next time you think something in your space is off, keep in mind these telltale signs that I've given you that tell you your home is haunted. And when it comes to buying or selling a haunted home, be very careful. In a famous 1991 New York case, Stamvosky versus Ackley, the seller, a lady by the name of Helen Ackley, she told the local newspaper, she told Reader's Digest about the poltergeist in her Victorian house, and she even listed it on a local ghost tour. But when it came time to sell, she conveniently forgot to mention the house was haunted. The buyers put down a deposit, and then, big surprise here, someone in town tipped them off. And of course, they sued and an appeals court allowed them to rescind or undo the transaction. The court said that Mrs. Ackley's ghost stories had greatly affected the property's value, and therefore she was obligated to disclose the hauntings to the other buyers. Other court cases have sometimes allowed the buyers of haunted houses to get out of the deal, but only if sellers did not disclose information when they should have or misrepresented the property's condition. If you're buying a house and you don't want to deal with a poltergeist in your daughter's closet, you might as well ask the sellers and their realtor if they're aware of any hauntings or paranormal activity, or if there's been any deaths on the premises. At worst, they'll think you're nuts. And at best, you may get some interesting information that the seller wouldn't otherwise I've had to disclose. And that does it for this episode of Parareality. Thanks for listening. I hope that uh, you got something out of that, especially if you're thinking about buying a haunted property. But before I close things out tonight, I would like for you to listen to this. Do you like being scared? Does the feeling of your throat tightening fear leaving you unable to scream, you. But the answer to these questions is yes. Then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock PM Central Time. Tune in for the
1: fright of your life. <laughs>
0: Up with the way things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to say whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set it off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. Well, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me because there are a few different ways that you can go about it. And here they are. The best and easiest way to do it is to email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash sandman that's where you'll find the official Parareality Podcast Facebook page. And you can post a message on my wall or slide on into my DMs. If you have a Twitter or an Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those. My username is at Parareal Radio. That's at Parareal Radio on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also slide into my DMs on both of those. And finally you can always call the podcast on the studio line here in the secret bunker at 615-692-1170 that number called again is area code 615 then dial 692 1170 you can leave me a message on the studio line but I do want you to remember this if you decide to leave me a message You're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast, so if you don't want this to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast, so if you have a story you'd like to get on the show, tell it to me over the voicemail. There's about a three-minute time limit on that voicemail, so if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. So, Those are all the ways you can contact me here on the show. Let me go through them again real quick. Email sandman at parareality.com, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality, at Parareal Radio on both Twitter and Instagram, or call that studio line here in the secret bunker, 615-692-1170. And don't forget to visit my website, parareality.com, is a place where you can keep up on all of the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. It's located under the Paranews tab of the website. You can also shop in the Parareality store, watch some terrible videos that I've made for the podcast over the years, and uh, you can listen to the podcast archives as well. I got tons of audio on the website from the various incarnations of reality throughout the years, along with my other podcast, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all of that content for free on the archive section of the website. And that website address is www parareality.com that's parareality.com make sure you check it out parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station just search for parareality if you've got a smart speaker you can listen there too if you've got any of those podcast skills activated on your device just say hey play the parareality podcast and I've also got a YouTube account you can listen to the podcast there too. I upload all of the audio of my podcast right there on YouTube because I do have people who listen to it off YouTube, believe it or not. And I've also got some pretty good videos on that channel, like UFO and paranormal documentaries. I got my new segment called News of the Strange that I did two whole videos for. Woohoo! Maybe I'll get some more later. Uh, it's also got some terrible show videos that I did way back in the day when I was trying to do like a, a web series, and I was all by myself and had no one to help me. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible video, but I have it up there for your entertainment. <laughs> so feel free to make fun of me all you want to. And uh, I've also got uh, some Chemtrail videos up there. You know, I'm a big Chemtrail conspiracy theorist. And uh, sometimes I have... Video of this very podcast posted on my YouTube channel. Um, I keep experimenting with ways to post video up there, and uh, every time I try to shoot a video, it always winds up uh, not being very well done. Uh, Some always have some equipment malfunction or something, but uh, I'm working on it. For some reason, I just have just this black thumb when it comes to trying to shoot video for this thing, but I'm I'm getting, I'm getting the kinks worked out. I'm getting closer and closer to making this a reality. And I'm not always going to have video of all of my podcasts, but every so often I will video a podcast, and I will have it up there for you to watch, just in case you want to watch it. I don't know why anyone wants to watch my podcast. This is an audio thing. You should listen to it, right? Because I do have a face for radio. That's what I've been told. Anyway, if you want to uh, go to the Parareality YouTube channel, all you got to do it to find it is go to youtube.com slash user slash Parareality1. That's Parareality with the number 1 out on the end of it. So that's how you can find me on YouTube. Everybody, the next episode of Parareality will drop on October the 1st at... 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power. Of the universe. And before I go, I'd like to say this. I said earlier that you can get this podcast on your favorite podcast station, wherever you get your podcast. When you're listening to Parareality, I would appreciate you giving me a rating, preferably a good one instead of a bad one. Um, Ratings is how I grow this podcast and getting new listeners. Uh, is very dependent on getting ratings. And I would really appreciate it if you would, while you're listening to this podcast, if you would give it a good rating and help me grow my audience. I make no money off of this podcast. Anything that I may get from Patreon or, or the, the store, uh, what little paltry scraps of, of money I get from that goes right back into producing this podcast. I don't make... Any money, zero. As a matter of fact, I always, it costs me, I'm an independent podcaster, and all of us independent podcasters are struggling to keep our podcast up and running and to bring you good quality content. And growing listenerships, getting new fans is how we keep our podcast alive. It's through you, the fans, the listeners of the show. So please give the podcast a A good rating as you're sitting here listening to this thank you very much i hope you have a wonderful evening a wonderful weekend and i'll see you again in two weeks if you wish to change you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes only then will you see the true power of the universe